It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. your host Keith Stewart and I'm coming to you live from the PGA Championship at famed Beth Page Black on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. song of the week to start we're gonna have a bunch of song of the weeks as we have a very special show today but we start with back in black by acdc nice job there on the board wade uh rocking it out on a friday afternoon here on fox sports 920 the jersey you know you can listen live anywhere at 920 the just hit that listen now button in the upper right corner of the website there but uh like i said we have a very special show today and i'm sure i sound a little different than i do when i'm in studio because i am not in studio we are out on long island new york and we are at Beth Page Black for the 101st PGA Championship. And we have some, we just have a blockbuster show ready for everyone today. We have three special guests coming on. Um, in, in the next segment, Justin Leonard's coming on from the Golf Channel, major champion winner, players championship winner. Uh, in the segment after that, we have the artist Lee Wabransky. He's out here. He did another poster for this event. He's signing posters. He's over there in the merchandise tent holding that down. And then last, we're going to follow it up with Billy Dratty. Billy's on property here, New York native and uh, super designer of the, the clothes that take the best care of me. And uh, that's a nice segue right into our sponsors here for the show. And certainly we can't forget them. But let's start with the New Jersey Golf Foundation and all they do to support the game with their three pillars. And Summit Golf Brands, that's B. Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York. And uh, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my man Jimmy at F.H. Wadsworth. Does all that special work and putting my belts together and making me look so good with my accessories. So thanks to Jimmy. And, uh, you know, I tell you, it is just amazing to be here in the media center right now because uh, the place is just live. It's, it's so cool. Tiger's out on the golf course, and we are having a tremendous PGA Championship. And, you know, I'd love to sit here and talk about Tiger, but and, and I'd love to sit here and talk about the golf course and say the golf course is the story, but there is one man who is the story right now. And through four holes today, he's three under par, and that's Brooks Kepka, And he's got a five-shot lead on the field. And there's not enough good things that we could say about Brooks Kepka, but let's set the stage first here, folks. We're out in Long Island, New York at Beth Page Park. State Park and Beth Page Black is one of five golf courses that's out here. It's just an enormous, enormous property that covers roughly 200,000 rounds of golf per year. 200,000 rounds. I mean, they do they do something in the summer like 2,000 rounds a day. I mean, it's just amazing um, what this place does. And uh, big credit to many, many years ago, David Fay, when he was the executive director of the USGA, he saw this place. And he said, you know what, we're going to bring the U.S. Open to a public golf course. And they finally did in 2002, which we all remember Tiger won. And they've had two U.S. Opens here, one in 02 and one in 09. They've had the Barclays here. And, and now a PGA Championship in 2019. And, and they're getting set and they're getting ready for a Ryder Cup in 2024. I, I mean, these crowds are so rowdy out here with Tiger out on the golf course. 
And I, I can't even imagine what a Ryder Cup would be like right here in New York City. Just unbelievable. But A.W. AW Tillinghast was the designer here. Unbelievable job by him. All, all the golf courses in this area are generally ranked in the top 25 in the top 100 Golf Digest rankings for golf courses here in the United States. Um, just a really special place to be, an unbelievable venue. And we're coming to you live from the Media Center. And uh, I'm just staring up right now. i got to set the stage for you. I've got, I've got two huge flat-screen TVs in front of me, or, or scoreboard TVs, I'd call them. They're probably about 16 feet tall and about 25 feet wide. And I'm watching Brooks Kepka knock a putt in here. And uh, in between that, there's about 30 yards from left to right of scoreboards, hole by hole, everyone that's playing, and the, the main leaderboard. And once again, it shows that Brooks is... Three under through four, and he's ten under par, and he's leading the way over Jordan Spieth. So there it is, Jordan Spieth. Uh, where have you been? You know, we've been missing you, bud. And uh, he's, you know, he's been in the media tent. And he's been doing all his due diligence and answering all the questions, and he's been putting up with all of the naysayers and everything. And he's, he, you know, he showed him so far. He's going to make the cut. He's in second place right now, tied for second with Tommy Fleetwood. And Fleetwood's still on the golf course, but Jordan's done. He shot 66 today, and uh, just a great round of golf. He's uh, five under total for the championship. He started on the back back nine today on the 10th hole, and uh, he had a little uh, front nine 31. So he closed with a five under par 31 on the front and uh, just an awesome uh, four under par 31 on the front. Six birdies in total, a couple bogeys. Um, you know, he played this morning. And so did DJ and Phil and a couple of the other guys. DJ, another nice score, 67 for him, three under par, 32 on his first nine of the day, which was also the back nine. But the big story right now is definitely Brooks Kepka. Brooks getting it done out here on the golf course. He is now looking at the big board. He is three under through five. He just made a par on number five, the difficult fifth hole. He's about to tee off on six here. And, you know, it's amazing a little bit earlier, about an hour and a half ago, well, maybe a little bit more if it's it's a little bit after 3 o'clock right now, about an hour and a half ago, yeah, about an hour and a half ago, I was on the practice range, and I was watching Tiger Woods warm up, and when he walked out on the range, he got a standing ovation from the crowd there, the gallery behind the driving range, and it just, you know, the place went absolutely electric. Just as he walked from the clubhouse over to the driving range, you could hear the noise just constant. Just the, the roars of Tiger coming towards the driving range. He gets on the range. He goes right to the center of the range. He's the center of attention. He's the goat. He starts hitting shots. Everyone's going nuts. Everyone's cell phone cameras out there recording him, just hitting little wedges, getting warmed up, getting ready. And uh, he's just phenomenal. And, you know, to Brooks's credit, he walks right out on the range. There's a slot right next next to Tiger that's wide open. Um, I'm sure if it was me and, and I was one of these guys, I don't know that I would just stand up there right next to Tiger, and, and Brooks stands right up next to him, and he just starts hitting shots, and uh, the crowd went absolutely bananas when Brooks stepped up right next to Tiger and gave everybody a show during the warm-up, and they were hitting drivers together and just pounding them down the range out of sight. It, it was just, it was it was so electric, and it's just been so cool, and it you know, makes me have to talk about for a second the crowds. The crowds that we have here right now, out here at Bethpage Black, 
um, you know, it's it's obviously a mix of everybody, but there's a strong New York contingent out here, and they're letting you know how they feel. They're pretty fired up about these guys taking the scores low, and they're very, very fired up about their Brooks Kepka and their Tiger Woods. And, you know, I think one of the things that's cool about Brooks Kepka is that he's kind of defiant in the face of not not the media, but just, you know, kind of the, the mass sentiment that he's supposed to be a conformist and, and, and go about the motions of saying, you know, it's going to be tough out there today or the golf course is in great shape. And, and you know what, he's just not doing that. And he's he's taking people that criticize him and, and he's he's putting them on point. And, you know, you look at the, the back and forth he's had with Brandel Chambly and then Chambly had to come out last night on Golf Central, and he had to say, you know, I, I basically I was 100% wrong. Brooks is the man, and uh, he had to eat a little crow there, which I thought was, you know, I think is pretty cool, and I, and I think it tells a good story in golf right now. That, and it's a story that we need. You know, I think we need just a little bit of something that's different and fun. And even though Brooks is kind of a quiet guy, I mean, the way he answers those questions, it just I just marvel at the fact that he stands in the face of the media and he just answers the questions the way that they should it, it reminded me the other day of when they were talking about john daly and his cart and i thought tiger had a great answer to it and they said you know what do you think about john daly using a cart in order to compete in this major championship and tiger said well you know i, I actually won one on a broken leg so i don't really know where the cart thing comes in and you know brooks is the same way you know and they're buddies too down there and in southeast florida so it looks like brooks following he's following a little bit of a tiger card here and he's definitely playing as dominant as tiger had maybe you know 10 15 years ago he's got he's got 10 straight rounds under par in majors he's the defending champion for the pga championship he's the defending champion next month for the u.s open and he's willingly come out and he has said you know what i think majors are easier to win than regular tour events and everyone kind of like, you know, threw their arms up in the air and said, what What are you saying? How can this be? Brooks, these are, these are the, the toughest golf courses and the toughest fields. And he just came back and he said, well, you know what? I think half the people aren't even going to win because they're just too nervous. They think that the majors are a big deal. And, you know, I, I happen to think that it's, it's an arena that I can perform very well in. And I think that that it just says a lot about what Brooks Kepka is all about. And, uh, you know, out here, Beth Page Black right now, he's he's 10 under through 23 holes. Um, he, he has shot a record, 63 yesterday. So he shot 7 under par yesterday, 63. It's the course record here at the Black. But that 63 is significant. It, it, you know, for a long time, it was the lowest number in a major. We know Brendan Gray shot 62 at Birkdale a couple years ago. But 63 is a low number. He has now shot 63 in back-to-back PGA championships. And this is the 101st edition here at Beth Page Black. And no one has ever done that before. Back-to-back 63s in the same major. Um, I, I don't know who's going to do it. I mean, <laughs> I like to think, you know, if Spieth gets the putter going, but this is a long, big golf course, really, really big. I was walking around this morning just checking things out, watching a little play, and the golf course is just extremely, extremely large. Just to walk the golf course as a player is roughly seven and a half miles. The 10th tee box is two and a half miles from the clubhouse. Just imagine the, just the immense nature of what these guys are taking on out here. You watch it on TV, and they do the hole-by-hole overheads, and you can see that every hole is its own massive area. And, the, you know, the, the bunkering, they have eight acres of sand in the bunkers here. Eight acres they have to prepare each morning for a major championship. Eight acres of sand on one golf course and there's only like 76 bunkers on the 18 holes 
So it's 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 really just an unbelievable setting, and we're getting an unbelievable championship. And I know with Brooks having a five-shot lead, and let's say he runs away with it, I mean, we'll see what happens. But for right now, the crowd here has been electric. It's been loud. And, you know, one thing's for sure, I can't wait till after the break. We're going to bring on Justin Leonard, who's been doing analysis for the Golf Channel. We're going to have Justin live here. He's going to call into the show, and we're going to talk to him, and we're going to ask him what he thinks about Brooks being up by five and taking a golf course that he played, and he played very well in the 2002 U.S. Open, finishing tied for 12th. We're going to talk to him about what he thinks Brooks is doing to this golf course. And, of course, we're going to be back just very, very soon. You know what, folks? It's 3.15 p.m. here at Bethpage Black and the 101st PGA Championship. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. We'll be back after this. You ever sit back and think, man, those guys at Fox are having fun. Crazy for fun. (laughs) this is good. Yeah, we are. From our jokes. What do you call a singing laptop? A Dell. To the topics that make you go, what the? Are you kidding me? The fun we have is all for you. On Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Together with Susan G. Komen, we're committed to reducing U.S. breast cancer deaths by half. We're going to do it by 2026. Visit Komen.org slash unacceptable. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Yep. singing in the dead of night. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm Keith Stewart. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Second song of the day, Blackbird by the Beatles. Of course, everyone's probably sensing a trend here. A little ACDC to open with, Back in Black. And now the Beatles. And uh, I love me some Beatles, and I love me the song of the week. But you know what else I love? I love being here at Bethpage Black in the middle of the atmosphere of a major championship. And we are about to talk to a major championship winner, the 1997 Open Championship winner. He is Justin Leonard. He's an an analyst for the Golf Channel. Justin, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? Thank you very much. Doing great. Thank you. Well, Justin, I appreciate you coming on and talking about the major championship here. I know you have a very busy schedule with the Golf Channel. But what do you guys all think about this behind the scenes with Brooks just taking this golf course by storm? It, what is going on here? Well, um, it, it's kind of a continuation of what's been going on the last couple of years. Um, you know, Brooks has kind of figured things out in these major championships and how to get his game ready, how to be rested. Um, you know, the combination of the two with a little bit of a condensed season because of the change from August to 
to May, um, you know, but it certainly hasn't altered anything that Brooks Kepka's doing or, you know, the way he's played these last, you know, couple of years in major championships. It's pretty special what he's doing right now. It is indeed very special. And, you know, you bring up a great point there. When they went from four majors last year in 22 weeks to four majors in 15 weeks this year, if this guy gets hot, which obviously he was at the Masters, he almost got the job done there, and, and he is he's sizzling right now. I mean, it, it could be no stopping Brooks because he's not only the defending champion here, he's the defending champion next month at the U.S. Open. So do you think this weekend that we have any reason to think that Brooks isn't going to just continue to do what he's doing? Well, I think this is such a difficult golf course that, you know, at some point um, you start missing a couple fairways, um, you know, it it gets very difficult just to make pars. And and so we're seeing that just about everybody in the field except for Brooks Koepka. you know, if he goes out and continues to, to shoot rounds in the mid-60s or even upper-60s, you know, this is over. But I, I don't I don't really see that happening. I mean, 63, he said it was probably one of the best rounds he's ever played as a professional. Um, don't know if he can keep up that kind of play. Uh, but it, at this point, if he can just shoot one or two under a, a day coming in, um, you know, he's certainly in the driver's seat. Somebody's going to have to do something uh, quite remarkable just, just to get close to him. Well, I'll tell you, you know, here in the media tent, one of the things we feel is pretty remarkable in and of itself is that Jordan Spieth has shown up for a major championship this weekend, and he fired a real nice 66 this morning. And he's a fellow alum like you of, of Texas down there. And, you know, what do you think about Jordan's game and, and what he's been working on and, and what showed up so far this week? Well, it's, he's talked about gaining confidence and being more consistent um, which he's, he has been. He just hasn't been, you know, consistently great. It's been just consistently pretty good. Um, but, you know, that's just in looking at the scorecard and the results each week. Um, he's obviously seeing more to it uh, than what we can just see on paper. And, um, you know, he's a great guy. He's very smart. Um, it's sometimes maybe a little too smart uh for the game because sometimes you just got to let it go and and kind of dumb it down a little bit keep things simple i think he's been working very hard for a long time to get back to uh you know the top of the game and and maybe this is a sign that he's i think he's headed in the right direction uh it's nice to see the results kind of starting to pay off well, there's no doubt they're paying off this week. And I, and I was watching your coverage over there at the Golf Channel, and, and you guys are in a group, as you usually do, and you were discussing Jordan. And I just it was remarkable to me that basically his stroke average from when he was playing well is off by about a stroke and a half per round. And, you know, for people at home that listen and watch, that listen to this show and then watch golf, to be just off by a stroke and a half and to have him fall 30-something places in the world ranking just goes to show you how hard this game is. It's, it's just amazing. You know, and I, and I root for the guy. I think he's great for golf. I think he's great for getting young players into the game. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best. But, you know, he's going to need to roll that rock something serious in order to catch up with Brooks Kepke here, who's, again, 10 under. He's got a four-shot lead over Tommy Fleetwood. They're both out on the golf course. They're both playing well. Brooks is three under through six. 
and Tommy's three under through nine. Um, it, it, you know, this thing's setting up to be an exciting weekend. But I want to take you back in time a little bit. In the 2002 U.S. Open, played here at Bethpage Black, you played you played very well. You finished tied for 12th in that tournament. Tell me about what the golf course was like back then, and can you compare it to the golf course now? Has there been major changes, or do you still feel it, it's still just this brutal contest? No, there hasn't been any big changes from 2002. Um, the golf course has grown a little bit uh, as far as the length, the overall length. Uh, the green complexes and things like that haven't changed. Um, it, it was a brutal test, both in 02 and 09. Um, the PGA of America doesn't, their setup is not usually quite as severe, um, although this is the most rough I feel like I've seen at a PGA championship in the last five or six years. Um, probably going back, well, Baltusrol, it, it was the rough was pretty deep. Um, but in general, they, you know, they try and provide a, a stern test, um, but they let the guys go out and play. And, and if they play good golf, they're going to shoot a good score. And um, we're seeing that some more this week. But this is certainly, um, you know, maybe one of the, I wouldn't say the more difficult tests. It'll be interesting, interesting to see how Pebble is set up next week. It doesn't have the length that this golf course does. Um, the thing that I like about this golf course is that the, if you look at the world rankings, the top players in the world are also some of the longest players in the world. And this golf course forces those guys to hit drivers. That's something we won't see a lot of at Pebble Beach uh, next month because of the length of the golf course. It still plays, I think, just under 6,900 yards. Now, it's a long 6,900, being at sea level um, with, with heavy air there in Carmel. Um, but this golf course... Really, Tess, I mean, the longest players in the world are hitting mid-irons into some of these par fours. And so it's really a great test of golf. And, you know, it's bearing that out by looking at the leaderboard. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think you're spot on with your analysis there. And, you know, folks, we're on the... We're on the line here with Justin Leonard, major championship winner, analyst for the Golf Channel. And uh, so nice of you to spend some time with us here on Fox Sports 920, the Jersey. And, you know, I, I want to kind of take you through your career here for a second. And, you know, the fans of our show are obviously going to be huge fans of having you on today live. And you have shown major success through every stage of your career. I mean, before you turned pro, you won the Haskins Award. You won an NCAA Individual Championship. You won a USAM at Mirfield Village in 1992. Then you get on tour, and you, you've won 10 tour events. And then on top of that, you've won a Players, and you've won also the Open at Troon. So I've always admired in watching you when you play. I mean, we're contemporary. I'm 45 years old, so I've got to follow your whole career. I, I think you were one of those, like, great, just had such a great mental strength when you would play. You would play tough golf courses really good. Is there something that you could share with my list, listeners that was something that you would focus on or that you would do in order to try to play tough golf courses well and be able to perform at your best? Well, I always felt the tougher the golf course, um, my chances were better because I couldn't overpower anything. Um, my game was about avoiding mistakes, um, being consistent, hitting fairways and greens. Um, and so that was amplified at major championships. And, and I felt like when I got to a major um, that I had a better chance than I did at regular tour events 
because the style of golf that needed to be played. Uh, it was more strategy. It was, um, you know, more as much a mental test as it was physical. And, and I felt like mentally that was probably the strength of my game. Um, you know, don't, I mean, literally at zero as far as power. Um, my game was more about precision, and I felt like the majors um, in the golf courses that we tended to play, um, that was more what was required rather than, you know, just strength and being able to hit the ball high and put a bunch of spin on it. So um, I always felt like I was on more level playing field playing difficult golf courses or major championships than I was in regular tour events. Well, I tell you, it, it, you did a tremendous job just kind of summarizing it all there, how you focused and you used your strengths. And I hope that the amateurs that are listening at home, you know, because certainly power is not what they see on TV, their power at home. So I, I love the way that you kind of approached the difficult golf courses and the way you kind of just stated it there. Um, I mean, I, I know that means a lot to me because, you know, I, I don't hit it as far as Brooke Kepka, Brooks Kepka does. So, I mean... It, it means a lot to me to know that if you were mentally strong in your preparation and your focus and your practice, that you could have a lot of success. Now, um, you and I are from basically the Tiger generation, and you competed against Tiger in his prime. You, you had to endure that success week in and week out every time you guys teed it up together. And I always laugh when they go back to that Golf Channel quote from Duvall when everyone says, oh, bring Tiger back, bring Tiger back, and Duvall would say, you don't want that, right? So if you were given some advice to this next generation, I mean, maybe Brooks doesn't need any, but some of these other guys, Jordan and Justin and DJ, what would you say that you used to key upon to try to find your own success against Tiger? Because you had a fair amount of it. I mean, during his prime, you had a major, you had a players' championship, and you had 10 PGA Tour wins. What kind of advice would you pass along? Well... I, I don't feel, in looking back, I don't feel like I had any success against Tiger, and I don't think many guys that really played against him back in the late 90s and early 2000s, I think they would all kind of say the same thing. Um, it, it was remarkable to watch. I think he made you know, all of us a little bit better, um, but he kept everything very close to the vest. Um, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't really, he, he had some close friendships, um, but he wasn't really open with, um, you know, sharing information and those kind of things. And the thing I've seen from Tiger the last three or four years is he's become more open, and he's he's really sought out and reached out, especially to the guys that live in South Florida, like some of the names you mentioned, Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau comes to mind, um, really reached out to them. And I think he's gained – not only has he given them – something and a little, uh, you know, peek behind the curtain as far as what he did and what he still does now um, to be one of the best players in the game. But I think he gains uh, some, some energy and some enthusiasm from being around those younger players, uh, from trying to beat those guys, practicing with those guys, playing with them when he's at home. Um, I think it's a, it's a two-way relationship um, and it didn't see a whole lot of that from Tiger, uh, you know, when I was competing with him some 15, 20 years ago. You know what? I, I really like the way you answered that question because I think you're right that both sides are kind of feeding off one another. And it, it's tremendous for golf. 
And, you know, one thing that is tremendous for golf, and, folks, we're here on the line with Justin Leonard, Ryder Cupper, major winner. And, um, you know, speaking of the Ryder Cup, I want to take you back. So I shared a moment where I was standing next to the green at 17 in 1999. I was working at a small club called Brayburn, Donald Ross Golf Course there in the metro Boston area. And um, that I had a good friend of mine was one of the assistant superintendents over there at TCC at the country club. And I was in a cart with him, and we were riding around. And because I was with him, I could bounce from hole to hole. And we could kind of move around fast enough that we could react to what the scoring was of the Ryder Cup. So we knew that your match was going to be a pivotal match, so we went over and we started following you. We followed you on 16, and when we first got over there, saw your tee shot there, and then we saw you play 17, and I was standing right there greenside. And, you know, one of the things I just wanted to say was that, you know, I think sometimes you get a bad rap for, like, you know, just celebrate and have a good time, but for all of us that were there in that moment and got to share that with you, I mean, just a world of thanks. Because you know, as as a young as a young golf professional, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I think the game needs more fun. You know, I, I do feel bad that you know maybe too many people went on the green for Jose and Maria Althabo, but you know what? I mean, stuff happens. You know, and I was there, and man, I tell you, you are unbelievable. And you know, I've tried that putt a million times, and a lot of people don't realize that 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 was probably one of the longest putts you could have had on that green. It was a very severe two-tier green, and you made it, and man. I tell you, I, this is the first chance I've ever had to tell you. Thank you for making that, and thank you, and thank you for celebrating because I loved it. So, one quick question, a little anecdotal story there from me. You've had some great moments in golf. Was that the greatest moment in your career, or was it winning a major championship in 1997 at, at Troon? No, the, the the greatest moment for me was was there at the Ryder Cup uh, because I was able to share it with you know close friends like like David Duvall and Davis Love and, and our captain, Ben Crenshaw. Um, you know, we had so much support there that day. Um, I don't think anybody expected um, or could have expected what happened and what transpired on that Sunday, um, but it did. And to be able to share it with, you know, so many people like you, I mean, not a week goes by, I don't hear something about that putt or somebody was there or, you know, there must have been 95,000 people on that green on 17. For how many people have told me that they were there that day on that green? I, I feel like I've met every single one of them. Um, but to be able to share it with, you know, the people, the fans that were there, uh, my teammates, our captain and everything, um, you know, winning the Troon was, was a great personal moment. But as far as just the excitement in, in doing something meaningful, um, it, it has to be the 99 Ryder Cup. Well, you know what, Justin? Thank you for sharing that with my listeners, and thank you for sharing some of your time today. I know it's really valuable. It's a busy week. It's a major championship week. You're working hard for the Golf Channel. We support all that you do in Central Jersey, and, and you know what? I'm a fan forever. Thanks so much for being on Springdale Golf Live. I appreciate it. Have a great afternoon and a great weekend. All right, we'll be following you and watching you all weekend on the Golf Channel. Take care. Well, there it is, folks. Major champion, uh, Justin Leonard. Really, really cool. And our next guest just sat down next to me, and I know he's a Beatles fan, so I, I know he can tell what song that is in the background there. That's Blackbird. And that's our second song of the week right there because we are at Beth Page Black live from the 101st PGA Championship. Folks, it's 3.30 here in Farmingdale, New York. We'll be back in a minute. It's Fox Sports, 9.20 a.m., The Jersey. You were on 
only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbird, fly. Weekdays 9 a.m. Join us for the Dan Patrick Show. What the hell are you clapping for, moron? Like you read one too many self-help books and they told them to be upbeat and confident. I promise most of it is more positive than that. The biggest guests. Lucky to have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We make way for the Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. The stories as they break. Uh Uh-oh, did you see this breaking news here? Heard mornings on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Springdale Golf Club members have been enjoying a club that's been a part of the Princeton community for nearly 125 years with the best golf and social experience in our region. But did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's historical significance, William Flynn design, with challenging greens blended with a dedicated team of associates, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in commitment to the member experience. Just announced is a significant expansion of the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about the club and all the amazing fun things we have planned for 2019, please take a moment and visit our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey or call 855 255 one, two, six, five. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm Keith Stewart, and you're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Hit it. continues this week painted black by the rolling stones and i you know I, I have to give credit where credit is due i i drove endless hours to practices and and trips with my parents when i was a little kid my mom and dad especially my dad were huge rolling stones fans i know they're going to their concert series this summer and uh you know if you're going to do a song about beth page black and the black song themes that we have this week uh you got to have paint it black on there and it's in you know what sometimes the song of the week has a little bit of a, a double meaning and in this case it certainly does because when you talk about painting it black or any other color we have the preeminent golf artist in all the world that's lee wabranski and lee is here live in the media center with us he's sitting right next to me lee welcome to springdale golf live bud good to see you how are you i'm doing very well keith thank you great to be here how is your beth page black week going uh so far it's been going great i just arrived midweek so uh, i missed the bulk of the rain that uh was falling earlier in the week and uh I'm just uh, happy to be here, and uh, the vibe on the grounds uh, is fantastic. Uh, there's few places in the world that love sport as much as New York. 
you know what, there's so many different things I want to get to because of the vast experience you have at so many different major championships, but you just brought it up right there, the vibe, the New York crowds. Do you feel like the New York crowds are living up to expectations here? I mean, I, I was out there this afternoon on the range when Tiger was warming up, and it was loud, and then Brooks came out, and it got even louder. What's your perspective on the, uh, on the crowds? Well, I'm a Philly guy, so uh, I'll never say too many nice things about New Yorkers, but uh, they definitely come out in droves, and there's a special buzz once things get rolling. I'm not sure it's quite there yet. I mean, I think it's going to get kicked up uh, several notches today into tomorrow. Well, I tell you, you know who is kicking it up several notches, and that's Brooks Kepka. He is three under through seven, and he's four shots ahead of Tommy Fleetwood, who is three under through ten, and he's at ten under. Fleetwood at six, and uh, Jordan, you know, resting for the afternoon quietly uh, at five. And um, you know what? This is your seventh PGA Championship. Seventh, right? Am I correct? Wow. Right? Lucky number seven. This yeah. is lucky number seven, right? And um, you know, how did your relationship start with the PGA of America? Because this is kind of our flag, one of our flagship events, the Ryder Cup being the other. But this one happens every single year. Um, how did your relationship start with the PGA of America? Uh, the gentleman who runs the uh, merchandising efforts uh, for the PGA of America is named Mike Quirk, and uh, I knew Mike from his previous position. So uh, when he took over uh, the merchandise operations uh, for the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup, uh, or the ones that are domestically held, uh, he was kind enough to tag me to, to come along. And uh, my first uh, poster for the PGA Championship was at Oak Hill in 13, and uh, I'm happy to say I've been doing it ever since. Well, you know what? We're all happy that you've been doing it ever since because the way that you encapsulate each week, and it always, and you have to do these posters way in advance, but there always seems to come across a theme in your posters. And then, you know, I think back to Chambers Bay and the railroad tracks, and then that hole became the pivotal hole, the championship, in in a way that you know kind of led to Jordan going on to winning or it being a Jordan and DJ tournament. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So where do you get your inspiration from, and where did you get your inspiration from this year? I'm looking at the poster. You brought it over from the merchandise tent. It's the Wanamaker Trophy next to the infamous sign. Where did you get your inspiration from this year? Uh, this year, actually, uh Mike, uh, whom I just mentioned, uh, the, the client was had some clear ideas, which is frankly not usually the case. Often I'm brought in and I come up with several concepts, and then we chat it up and we pick one that we think is going to have the most traction or move the needle the most for the fans. Uh, but this year they really wanted to showcase the fact that the Black was hosting the championship this year and then the Ryder Cup a few years down the road. and. And so we utilize both of those trophies to flank the famous warning sign, which people just can't get enough of around here. Well, I tell you, you know, I, I stopped by the merchandise tent earlier, and the, I mean, the, the warning signs everywhere. I everywhere. Think there, was a, there was a warning sign on the door. If you don't spend $200, don't walk in here. I mean, it was great. So speaking of these posters, and, you know, during the break, you just sat down, and we're here live, folks, at Beth Page Black in the Media Center talking to Lee Wabransky, uh, graphic artist. Uh, all over golf, all over sports, all all over culture at times. We'll get into more of that in a second. You know, I know, I know, you know, I'm a big fan, and I love talking about some of your endeavors. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But you mentioned during the break that at in the last time you were at Troon doing a poster for the Open Championship, that Justin Leonard stopped by and he signed a poster for you as the former champ from Troon in 1997. What was that interaction like? Uh, it was brief, to be honest. You know, when Justin Leonard walks around Royal Troon, he uh, he gets a lot of people wanting to take pictures and get autographs and such. And 
you know, I hate to be working inside the business. You hate to bother the people that, are, you know, have to deal with that every day. Uh, but, uh, you know, as the champion golfer of the year in 1997 at Royal Troon, uh, I had to request that he sign a poster for me. Uh, when certain situations like that arise, I always try and get past winners to sign my posters just from my own personal archive. And we had a brief chat. It was the end of the day. I got the feeling that, you know, he'd been working all day, but he was gracious enough. We chatted for, uh, I don't know, about five minutes. Uh, he was very complimentary about the artwork. That was one of my favorites. Uh, I depicted the postage stamp, the famous postage stamp, uh, green at Royal Troon that year, and, and then we, I painted it as if it was a postage stamp for the poster. So uh, we got a lot of mileage out of that, and uh, he got a kick out of it. And uh, it was just a nice, brief exchange. Well, I think that's pretty cool. And you know what? As an artist, you see the world through, a, you know, I'm going to call it a unique lens, right? So tell me about your perspective on the game of golf in 2019, let's say versus 2010. Or, this, or seven years ago at Oak Hill. Where do you feel like the game is at these days? Um, let's start there. Where do, you, where do you feel like golf is currently in 2019? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I can't really say anything that's uh, so terribly original, but you know, my career in golf completely overlaps uh, Tiger Woods. I, I got into golf uh, in 1995. I got my first commission from Wingfoot Golf Club uh, right around the corner from here, so to speak. And Tiger stormed onto the scene uh, in 97 at the Masters, and everything changed when he came along, as we all know. Uh, but compared to com- then compared to now, I mean, when he came on then, as you know, everyone talked about all the talk was distance because Tiger was out driving everybody by 30, 40 yards back then. And now uh, it's kind of continued to be much the same discussion, just adding another 10 yards every few years. Uh, so now it really... You know, from the outsider looking in, it seems like a, a game that's all about Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and the Bomber and Gougers. Um, you know, as a as a an average as an average golfer of average build, it's hard to relate to the way these guys play the game. But uh, day in day out, it's hard to imagine like a, a Justin Leonard or a Corey Pavin or the, that type of a player, even a you know Molinari who just had a great you know great season last year and nearly uh, made a run at the Masters. You know, if you're going to put those guys, Kepka against a, a great ball striker who he's got 40 yards on in the fairway every time, you got to give the odds to your Brooks Kepka and your Dustin Johnson. So uh, it just seems like it's very much a, a game of power uh, at the moment and not a lot of artistry. Uh, that's one of the things that was always, to me, so attractive about Tiger was he had the power, but he had the creativity. He had a... A tremendous flair for the dramatic and still does obviously but uh, i don't feel like you see as much imagination uh, out of the, the this this latest uh, sort of batch of herculean golfers um you know it, it almost seems like more of a of a throwback i mean phil's 49 and and he's probably you know the, the guy who immediately comes to mind for having like a sevy like uh, short game where sure. you're you're going to see magic shots that nobody else can hit and, uh, you know, I like that kind of golf. I like watching it. Uh, to me, it's one of the most fun parts of the game is not just, you know, trying to repeatedly split the fairway, but trying to hit the miracle shots when you need to. 
Well, I'll tell you, one of the most fun parts of what we do here on Springdale Golf Live is that when we have a special guest like yourself on that we want to get our listeners to know a little bit, we like to do a little what I call rapid-fire Q&A. So Uh-oh. you game for this? All right? It, it, it'll be somewhat painless. Somewhat. All right? So uh, here we go. Uh, do you like spicy food? Yes. Who will win the PGA Championship? Brooks. If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh, boy. That's a good one. Um, Somewhere with a beach. Somewhere in the Mediterranean. Some island in the Mediterranean. All right. Very good. Uh, What's your favorite movie? The Hustler. Oh, great movie. Good one. Yes, indeed. All right. If you could add one more person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? Hmm. Uh, you might put another Roosevelt up there. I think FDR would be a pretty good candidate All for right. that spot. He went with the president. Okay, good. Um, one thing you're most afraid of? Snakes. Favorite Beatles song? <laughs> hey, Jude. Would you rather have ice cream or cookies? Cookies and ice cream. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, when you hear the word artist, who is the first person that comes to mind? Pablo Picasso. Very good. All right, so Lee Wabransky, I want to make sure the fans of Springdale Golf Live can follow you. Are you on social media? Do you have a website? Let's get it out right now. Come on. Yeah, LeeWabransky.com. You can see everything I've done for the last 20 years just about. Uh, uh, pretty active on Instagram, uh, Lee Wabransky, and, uh, you know, a little bit on Twitter, but that's a little bit toxic for us. So we just keep the pictures on Instagram, and, uh, and the website's a great place to reach out. Well, I'll tell you, folks, Lee's just not in golf. I mean, he's done posters for the NBA All-Star Game, um, all sorts of, um, I I know you've done some couple uh, regattas. Horse racing. Horse racing. uh, Keeneland, the Dad Vale in Philadelphia. We did the Miami Open tennis last year, so trying to diversify. Well, I tell you, you know what? It's it's been a special moment to have you here, to have the poster here, and to see you again. Uh, we'll catch up after the show, all right? And uh, we're gonna bring on another guest in a couple minutes. But I appreciate you coming on today and spending the time. I know it's a busy week for you here in the merchandise tent, Lee Wabransky. You are the artist, man. You are the man. Thanks for being Thank here. Thank you, Keith. Great to talk. Good to talk to you as well. All right, folks. There it is. The Rolling Stones are taking us out. That must mean it's 3.45 p.m. here at Beth Page Black. Thanks for tuning into Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. After the biggest events. Conor McGregor said he's retiring from MMA. You know the biggest stars. Check in with us. Dana White is now joining me live. Any chance he could be on the card? Yeah, if you called me after this interview, we'd probably still do it. We get them all for you, the fan. Right here. John Bones Jones got pulled over for drag race. Where was rock bottom for you? The day I got into the pit and run car accident. On Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf with a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs. The NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. 
Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm Keith Stewart, and you're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. We got one more song of the week here. It's the Doobie Brothers. Because I got my brother here, my brother's Draddy here, and I had to put on a little bit of black water. Let's hear it. Turn it up, Wade. Oh, Mississippi, she's calling my name. Catfish are jumping, that paddle wheel bumping. Black water keep rolling on back. Favorite, our favorite word of the week, black, right? Here it comes. Keep on rolling, Mississippi. Keep on there it is. Black Water by the Doobie Brothers, our fourth and final song of the week. And I put that on, of course, because we're here live at Beth Page Black in the Media Center. But also because when, you know, I, I think of, of that band, the Doobie Brothers, I think of my brother in arms here, my man, Billy Dratty and the Brothers Dratty brand. He had some time. You know, I saw him walking around and I grabbed him and I said, you know what, Billy, come on, sit down on Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? How's your major experience going? Take me by the hand, hand, take me by the hand, pretty mama. It, I tell you, isn't it good? That's so good. That uh, man, the, the, those guys. The doobies. Yeah, that was awesome, right there. And and I thought you would like that. Yeah. So I threw it yes. out there for you. I'm not a partaker anymore, but I'm not afraid to say that I was at one time. And uh, you know, the Doobie Brothers are, are sweet. Well, I tell you, I, I'm I'm assuming they were at one point too. But you know yes. what? This is a family show, so we're going to move ahead. Yes. You know, so major championship week. Yep. You're a New Yorker, right? The major championship is here. It's a home game for you. You don't have to go anywhere. Yep. What's your major championship week been like? What's been going on for uh, Billy Dratty and Summit Golf Brands? Well, uh, you know, whenever whenever New York, the New York area, uh, you know, hosts a major, it's our opportunity to you know kind of reach out to the to the community and get together, you know, with a lot of people coming into town. Uh, you know, we hosted a cocktail party on Tuesday for, you know, for some uh, for some brand advocates of Dratty and, and Zero Restriction. Um, we went out to play some golf over at Meadowbrook with some local professionals and, and then walked on over and watched some golf on, uh, on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, it just the golf is in the air. And, uh, you know, usually around here, you don't even think about golf till after the Masters, so it's so nice to have a major championship here while you're kind of getting your ev- engines revved up for the season. You know, even though you know, I mean, it's been it's been a lot of rain here, and it just seems like with the start of this event, the weather's turned, which which is great. Well, you know what? It's certainly turned, and one thing that's turned is this major season. Yeah. You know, it has really turned on. It got hot. I mean, you know, some people they don't think it's a major, they do, but Rory wins the players. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. All right. Fast forward to the Masters. Tiger wins. Yeah. You're there on the property. Yeah. What was it like that week? Tell me about your experience at, at the Masters. Well, well, it was uh, it was electric. You know, I mean, as soon as as soon as the, I mean, the, last year there was a lot of talk because, you know, because Tiger was back at the Masters. But, you know, the truth was he wasn't ready yet. But when you saw how he played in the last two uh, major championships of the year, I think everyone showed up at Augusta ready for him to play well, at least, you know, because he had contended so strongly in the, la- in the, in the last two mag- ma- uh, majors of the year. So it was electric. You know, uh, there's nothing like it when 
when he's on the property. You know, I mean, we were out there today, and it's literally, it's, it's like a stampede. You hear it coming when he's, you know, when his group is approaching. So it, it, there's nothing like it. Well, it, even when he came out of the clubhouse today, yeah. and and this, it just it just started, and it was like a tidal wave that went all the way over to the practice range. Yep. And I was over on the practice range and just kind of standing, watching some golf swings, doing my PGA thing, just yeah. kind of taking it all in. Great experience. And then yeah, I could just hear it coming. Yeah. And I could hear it coming, and I was like, oh. And there's there's an immense grandstand behind yeah. the driving range, and you know even those people you could hear them whispering, "One another, here comes Tiger, here comes Tiger, yeah. or whatever." So let's let's look at the scoreboard here. Let's say it's Kepka and Fleetwood, or it's Kepka and Johnson, yeah. and we don't get Tiger where we want him for the weekend. Yeah. Ken Brooks and DJ carry the same sort of excitement in this New York market that Tiger. I mean, not Tiger at the Masters, but can we have an exciting major championship? Be a fan for a second. Uh-huh. Can we have an Can we have an exciting major championship this weekend with these guys? Well, when I was out there, what really what really surprised me the most was the following that Tommy Fleetwood had. I mean, it was it was it was Phil Mickelson like, it was Ricky Fowler like. I mean, people were screaming for him. So, uh, I didn't know that he was such a fan favorite, but I mean, the people here are completely behind him. So I think they want to see him in the championship. And and Brooks has a, has an unbelievable following too. You know, he's done a great job promoting himself as the underdog. You know, sure. And so I think I think this type of crowd really grasps onto that. You know, and want to see him do well. You know, I, I think the leaderboard that we have right now, it's a no lose leaderboard. You know, uh, if DJ's up there. You know, for sure, he can definitely carry the crowd. Is it as good as Tiger? No. No, I mean, but we know that. But, but we can get some electricity here, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, the crowd will get fired up for that. Yes. For those two heavyweights to go have a battle. Yes. You know, that's uh, you know the the Rumble and Beth Page or something yes. like that. Yes. We can write it now. Um, so you know, let's change pace for a minute. And folks, we're here with Billy Dratty. He is you know one of the hottest designers right now in golf clothing. And uh, you know he's he's really engaging a younger generation of golfer with his style. And you know when you come to a PGA Tour event and you look at the tour players, yeah. do you find inspiration from what they're doing? Or you know when you look at tour players and and then you know that's one part. When you look at the crowd, wh- where do you feel like you, you know do you find any inspiration from that? Or do you get scared? I mean, talk to me. No, I definitely definitely not scared. Definitely not. Definitely not scared. You know what. What I see mostly is where's where's there enough for a situation like this? It's lightweight. It moves with you. You could keep it on all afternoon if you wanted to. Um, and so I, you know, it, that's what gets going for me. Like especially when you're in the elements, like how 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 can we create something that that works with the elements that are going on right now. You know, these guys are unbelievable athletes. So just the way that they kind of work and they move with their clothing, yeah. um, is, it's, it's, it's actually must be, it, that must be kind of cool to you, too, to sure. watch. And, and, and certainly, like you talked about, in these situations where you're kind of like, is it cold, is it warm, and we get in that layering mode and everything. Yeah. So that, that's a very, that, that to me is a very cool perception that you have of what you're looking at. Yeah. And, you know, for, for the listeners at home, Right? Can, can we give them out? You know, Marty always loves talking about the 36 rule for white belts. You know, if yes. you're over 36 or your waist is over 36. Yes. Do you have something that you could help my, my Princetonian listeners out with as far as some fashion advice when it comes to hitting the golf course this summer? Uh, I, I think people try too hard. You know, I think, you know, when they come out to an event, they feel like they, they've got to, you know, stand out. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen some, you know, 
incredibly bad shorts being worn out there. You know, uh, it's just because someone like Tiger Woods can wear it doesn't mean that you should be. And so, you know, getting something that fits well is always a great idea. If you're big, you know, probably something solid is the way you want to go. Yeah. You don't want no to doubt. stretch stripes or, or checks or or fillards across, you know, a 48-inch chest. You know, it's, it's just not a good look. Well, I'll tell you what. I know everyone at home is going to appreciate that advice, yeah. right? What are you looking most forward to this weekend as far as the field? Are, are you just here today? Are you going to come back over the weekend no, to watch some more? I think I'm just going to be here today. As you know, coming from New Jersey, you know, to get from Westchester to Long Island, it's, you know, as a crow flies, it's probably 14 miles, but it, it literally takes an hour and a half. And I got three Little League games tomorrow. All right. So uh, I think we're going to be watching from TV. But, um, you know, the, the majors are returning. Uh, the majors are returning to the New York metropolitan area next year at Wingfoot. So I think my family uh, will be coming back out when it's, uh, you know, a seven-minute drive as opposed to a 70-minute drive. All right. So you, you know what? I'm with you. I mean, my day today started way early. And, yeah. and no one needs that story for sure. The business of golf is booming, yeah. right, in so many different ways. Yes. And you and I have discussed this before off air. You know, everyone is into a different kind of golf experience. Yes. So there can be a top golf. There can be they go on a trip. Maybe they don't belong to a club. Yeah. Right. From your perspective, being a businessman in the industry, what can, you know, this is the PGA of America's flagship event. Give yeah. me some advice as a PGA pro how I can get some of these non-traditional golf experience folks more excited about you know, not just watching the game, but playing the game that's on TV and not just going to a top golf. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think, the, the, you know, the guys that we have at the forefront right now are definitely the right guys. You know, I mean, any any athlete can look at Brooks Kepka and say, wow, you know, he he's an athlete. You know, I mean, it's not like uh, nothing against Craig Statler, but it's not looking at like Craig Statler walking up a fairway. I mean, he looks like a tight end. You know, he could be playing football. He could be a, he could definitely be a defenseman in lacrosse. He could definitely be a power forward at basketball. So he's an athlete. So that's going to appeal to people. Um, you know, I think the biggest problem with golf today is just the amount of time it takes. You know, so, you know, as P, as as the PGA is doing their public service announcements, I think about the idea of, you know, play nine holes. Play okay. nine holes with your kids. Get sure. out and play nine holes with your kids on a Sunday night. That's what we do. You know, we get out and play nine holes every Sunday night. It doesn't have to be 18. You know, there's there's something there that needs to be, you know, continually reinforced. Get out and play nine holes, you know. I like that. I mean, six holes, nine holes, I think it all counts. I think it's great family time. I know that Lori and I try to do that with our kids, yes. and, um, you know, that is sage advice, and I appreciate that. You know what? We can't go on forever here. We're a live show. We yes. wrap up at 4. Yes. But if people want to go on forever and follow you and what you guys are up to, I think your brands are on the cutting edge. Yes. I think they're super cool. Yes. And um, how can we follow along? So we've got Fairway and Green, uh, and you can follow us at fairwayandgreen.com and, and the same tag names on social media, Zero Restriction, and, and B-Draddy. That's uh, B-D-R-A-D-D-Y. So, uh, all the, and we're on all the social media channels. So 
All right, awesome. Well, Billy, I can't thank you enough for being Keith, here. I know it's a busy week for you. No, it's great. I love and, being uh, here. It's always great to see you. Always appreciate your perspective, that's for sure. Okay. All right, folks, that's the designer, Billy Dratty. You know, if you if you haven't heard of him before, I'm telling you, you must live under a rock somewhere. But you're not out here at Beth Page Black with all the people that are exciting in golf. Well, that's it, folks. It's been live from Beth Page Black. i got to thank my producer, Wade Weiser, on the board. We're going to send you over to Doug Gottlieb now. But before I do that, I want to thank my Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management, and most importantly, all of you out there in listener land. I'm headed back to Springdale at some point tonight. Where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Beth Page to back home in Princeton, and, of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.